0: The Education Channel supports individual educational goals and encourages creativity for all. Visit uctv.tv slash education.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome. My name is Dr. Nicola Sisi, and I'm here with my colleague, Shelley Kurth, and together we've got over 30 years of experience teaching leading schools, uh, being executive coaches, and right now, Um, During the pandemic, doing some phenomenal distance learning, or not so phenomenal on other days, uh, here to provide you with some tips and tricks on how to keep your learner thriving and how to keep you as sane as possible as parents. Now, this week's episode is specifically about parent-teacher communication, Now, as teachers and parents, we've seen these conversations go really well and we've seen them spectacularly go sideways. Uh, Obviously, as principals, we've seen the ones that have gone incredibly off the rails, but our goals today to, is to give you some specific tips and tricks on how to make your parent-teacher conversations the best they can be uh, so that you and the teacher get to the end result that you're looking for, which is kids learning and a harmonious classroom. So here to kick us off,
0: Shelly, what do you got for us? Ah, well, you know, the pandemic has really highlighted the true importance of the parent and teacher partnership. Um, one of the most important parts of this partnership is is communicating, um, being respectful, being clear, and really communicating not just the struggles, but your gratitude and the celebrations. So today we're going to highlight some of our favorite strategies to keep that communication line open and productive. The very first thing that I like to say to any parent and the thing that I need to remember the most when I'm communicating with my child's teachers are that not all teachers are the same and not all parents are the same so you really have to open that line of communication by asking about preferences make sure you ask your child's teacher when do they like to be communicated with what times work best Do they like to be texted? Do they like email? Do they like to use the school platform? Do they like it when you come in and pop in in the morning for a face-to-face? These are all important things to, to ask and offer. Offer your schedule. If you work during the day and really don't have time to get to the phone, let your teacher know that so that they'll understand when you don't call back right away and you have to wait for a while. And then listen and follow their guidelines. If you listen and then you don't follow their preferences, it's really giving them a signal that it didn't matter too much to them. So when you ask, make sure you listen and then do your best to follow the preferences that they ask. It's not always perfect. Um, There's always emergencies and things, there's always, you have to have a flexible mindset about it. But make sure that you really focus in on that and do your best to give them what they need and they can do the best to give you what you need. It's not always going to be perfect, but it's always going to be apparent that you're trying. Nicole, what else do you think?
1: Yeah, so what immediately came to mind when we were going to do this show is some of the trainings that are out there, right? Like Crucial Conversations by uh, Switzer Granny McMillan, right? Some of you might be trained in that. But without fail, when the stakes are high, and they always are when it's about our kids, uh some of these uh best plans and expert advice and training sort of go right out the window. So let's talk about a couple of tips and tools that as parents we can use to make ourselves most effective when communicating with teachers or when communicating about our kids. And there are sort of three ground rules that I want to lay out, and I'll name them right now and then we'll go into each of them before hopping to Shelly with some more specific tips. But the first rule is around core assumptions. The second is around communicating early and often. And the third is sticking to the important stuff. So number one, core assumptions. It is important that any moment that you communicate about your kid with somebody else, you listen in such a way where you're truly open to learning something new about your kid. Anyone else interacting with your kid will do so through their own lens. They'll bring their own baggage, their own insight into that conversation, but you will learn something if you just pause and suspend judgment for long enough to really listen. The second core assumption is that you and the teacher are on the same team. So many times as a teacher and as a parent and friend to other people, I see these relationships where it becomes about two separate parties kind of arguing their side. Um, But you're both on the adult team. Uh, Adult team unite. You and the teacher are ultimately interested in the same thing, which is your child. Learning, And when you hold that as true, when you hold those two core assumptions as true, the rest will come a lot easier. And sometimes naming those things can be really helpful. Like, hey, I really want to listen to your ideas or I know we're on the same team. The second rule that is important sort of to lay the foundation for this work is to communicate early and often. Just as much as you don't enjoy having the first call from the teacher being about your kid not doing something, you want to hear something good first? They also do. It's a human desire to know something good. So why don't jot yourself a note right now? Think about it right now as you're watching this video. What is something good you can tell the teacher about the class, about their communication, about a growth you've seen in your child? Like what have they done that they couldn't do before? And send that as an email. Send a little thank you. Gosh, it's been a crazy week. I'm so glad you're my kid's teacher. Or I see my son reading better. I know you're a part of that. Thank you. Additionally, when there are bad things, don't hold back and wait until sort of it boils over in order to reach out to a teacher. Again, communicate early and often. And um, if you're not sure how to build that communication, We know that neurologically, people love giving advice. People like being asked for tips. So why not reach out to your teacher that has been trained for multiple years on how to help children learn and say, hey, I'm struggling with this one way to help my kid. Do you have any tips or ideas? Uh, Folks love giving advice. So again, just a couple of ways to create that basis. Now, the third ground rule is stick to the important stuff. Yes, there are probably 50,000 things you could tell a teacher about your kid. I know I could about my kid. But what are those three things that they really need to know? What are those three things that you would like to address? Uh, Because ultimately, if you send a list of 50 things, it's really deflating to the person on the other end, and there's no way you're gonna get all 50. So might as well pick three things and really focus on what's most critical. Prioritize what you wanna talk about, be lean in your communication so that you can get to the point. And again, not everything has to be part of that first conversation. Shelley, now when we're talking about academic content, there's some specific ideas and tips that you have for parents. What are those?
0: Well, I'm just going to say when your child's teacher calls you, chances are that she's worried about either your child's behavior or their schoolwork. So don't panic is all I can say. Don't panic um, and don't get defensive. It is so easy to immediately start creating an, a story of defense in your head. Just pause. Don't worry. Don't worry about that just listen. Remember, you're all on the same team. Like Nicole said, that's the core assumption is that you both want good things for your kiddo. So listen, ask questions. It's important to ask the right questions about the situation so you and the teacher can create a plan to help your child. Then you make a plan together, most of the time with the child and the teacher and then you follow through. Those are the real four staples of really good, productive communication with a teacher. So for example, if your teacher calls about troubles with schoolwork, you might first listen, listen to the whole, all the things that they say. Remember, you might wanna take some notes along the way because you're already, you're feeling a little anxious, you're feeling a little nervous. So trying to remind yourself by taking some notes and listen. And then you ask questions. So you might need to ask for some real specific things so that you can get the full picture of what's happening. Um, Maybe you might want to ask something, are they having trouble in all their subjects or just in one subject? Did your child fail one test or multiple tests? Is he not doing any work at all or is he just frustrated when he's doing the work? These are important things to know. And while your teacher might tell you some of that, you might not get all of the big picture. So if you have a question, ask it. Ask it calmly, respectfully, and without a lot of defenses. Create a plan, and now this is where the teacher might have lots of suggestions for you already. They might have extra work to do at home. They might suggest some things about doing homework. They even might have a, a tutor or a tutoring time available for them to help your child listen, and that can be part of a plan, but don't leave your child out. You need to go ahead and ask your kiddo about the situation. And again, don't get, be angry. Don't be defensive. Calmly explain the situation that's happening with your kid. They probably know already and they'll have some insight to why it's happening and what they can do to fix it. Sometimes, not always, but it's important that you have that conversation so they're part of the plan making. Um, that they have buy-in. They have, I like to think, some skin in the game. You're creating a plan together, you, your kiddo, and the teacher, to help them become a great um, productive citizen at the end of it all. And some of my favorite things that that often get forgotten is you have to follow up. Follow up with your kiddo, follow up with the teacher. Um, How was your day at school? And then when your child tells you, oh, it was great, make sure you follow up, get specific. Not, you know, so that you, that your kid and your teacher know that you care, that you're there and that you're going to follow up.
1: So great. And uh, it's also important to keep those things in mind when the teacher calls with behavioral challenges, because chances are, uh, unless you gave birth to a saint, uh, there will be behavioral problems at some point. Uh, We've all been there and it can be embarrassing sometimes, anxiety inducing, we get defensive, But let's be honest kids are supposed to push boundaries kids are supposed to test limits it's part of growing up it's what most of us did growing up and it's only normal that there will be a moment in your child's life where the teacher will call you and say hey guess what i need to talk to you about this thing that happened at school now you could get defensive But it never ends well. The teacher's not calling to make you feel like you're a horrible parent. The teacher is not calling because your child is the only child in that whole entire class that has done something wrong. Chances are at some point she's gonna call all 25 or however many kids in that class. But listen and be calm. Again, it's normal, right? And maybe the teacher will not remember to tell you that, but hear it and hold it in your heart That your kid is absolutely perfectly normal getting in trouble and pushing boundaries at school and at home. The question is, what do you do with that information? How do you move forward? How do you move beyond the sort of rebellious moment to help your kid become a really great, awesome adult? And in our next episode, we're actually going to be talking about flexible mindsets, which is part of becoming this great adult. Um, so make sure you tune in next time. But for today, start that conversation by just listening deeply and suspending judgment. It's what I talked about earlier, right? You're both on the adult team. Ultimately, adult team come together uh, to help the kid to create stability, to create certainty, to create rules and boundaries, figure out how to do that together. Again, focus on patterns, one-off, unexpected, poor behavior will happen. But when is it a pattern? And when you notice a pattern, figure out, does it always happen during reading time? Does it happen during uh, PE? Does it happen during uh, snack time? That is where you sort of get underneath. And in some of our previous recordings, we talked about behavior sort of being this thing that you see on top of the iceberg. And underneath that, our needs. What does your child need? What are they trying to communicate? Are they just having a hard time in reading? So they're acting out. Um, My son, when it was time to go to circle, he would often not listen and stay instead in his seat rather than join the class on the carpet for circle. Um, And what we actually found out after some time is that he had an auditory processing challenge and it was hard for him to figure out what to do once he was in circle. So he would sit back to figure out what was expected of him so that he could do all the things that the rest of the kids were doing in the group. But he would sort of wait it out and observe. Again, that's looking beyond the single behavior and trying to figure out what's underneath that. Um, Is it a personality conflict your kid has with that teacher? that happens? Is it avoidance because they need something else? Do you know? Are they just hungry at that time of the day and they sort of become hangry at that moment? Listen and focus on patterns. And then, as Shelley mentioned, create a plan uh, with a teacher, ideally one that includes your kid, because they should be part of a solution on how to be more successful at school you know, as adults, we can't solve everything from them. And even a kindergartner can be part of the solution on, you know, how can you make sure to um, focus more or to join circle time? What do you need in order for that to happen? What do you think the teacher's feeling? These are great opportunities to build empathy and insight and help your kid figure out how to be a more successful learner. Again, as Shelly mentioned, follow through, Follow up, stay connected. But, you know, for my end, I can't say it often enough. Be part of the adult team that searches for solutions together for kids.
0: So as we're on this communication journey together, there's a couple things in closing um, to, to remind yourself. The first one is to make time. If you are having a conversation with the teacher and you're late for a meeting or multitasking, it's really not a great productive use of either of your time. So just the same way you want your teacher to be fully present and listening to you, be fully present and listen to them. If you don't have the time at that minute, it's okay to reschedule. It's okay to find another time to talk. I mentioned before about taking notes and it kind of sounds silly, right? But I, when I'm under pressure or I'm feeling anxious or if there's a lot of information coming to me at once, taking notes is a great way. First of all, to keep myself feeling calm, I'm doing something, I'm letting a little energy out, but also it's the words that I can tell my partner at home or my kiddo at home, and I'm really being precise with my language and exactly what the teacher said by taking really good, clear notes. Don't get defensive, remain calm and remember that assumption that you're on the same team. Offer suggestions, listen to theirs, be a team, be partners. And if you say you're gonna do something, do it, follow through. If you say you're gonna send the kid as a solution with five extra pencils in his backpack, remember to do it. And that is sometimes so hard because you're feeling like I have to get dinner on the table. I don't have time for five more pencils. But if you say you're gonna do it, then make it happen because you're, remember you're creating that partnership and you're building trust and you're showing the teacher and you're showing your child, I am here for you. I am listening and I'm gonna follow through. Don't expect a quick fix all the time. It might not happen all the time to be a quick fix, but you're teaching your child how to solve problems. When you make a mistake, you can fix it. You're making a plan to fix it. You're developing that growth mindset, And I think we all could use a little bit of that. So learning together as always um, and building a great community of partnership and trust. Have a great day. I hope this works for you.